0: Part 3, Chapter 12 of A Raw Youth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Raw Youth by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Constance Garnett. Part 3, Chapter 12. At last, i found tatiana pavlovna at home i at once explained everything to her all about the document and every detail of what was going on at my lodgings though she quite understood the position and might have fully grasped what was happening in two words yet the explanation took us i believe some ten minutes i did the talking i put aside all shame and told her the whole truth she sat in her chair silent and immovable drawing herself up straight as a knitting needle with her lips compressed and her eyes fixed upon me listening greedily but when i finished she promptly jumped up from her chair and with such impetuosity that i jumped up too ah you puppy so you really had that letter sewn up in your pocket and it was sewn up there by that fool Maria ivanovna oh you shameless villains so you came here to conquer hearts and take the fashionable world by storm you wanted to revenge yourself on the devil knows who because you're an illegitimate son eh tatiana pavlovna don't dare to abuse me i cried perhaps you in your abuse have been the cause from the very beginning of my vindictiveness here yes i am an illegitimate son and perhaps i worked to revenge myself for being an illegitimate son and perhaps i did want to revenge myself on the devil knows who the devil himself could scarcely find who is guilty but remember i've cut off all connection with these villains and have conquered my passions i will lay the document before her in silence and will go away without even waiting for a word from her you'll be the witness of it give me the letter "'Give me the letter. Lay it on the table at once. "'But you are lying, perhaps.' "'It's sewn up in my pocket. "'Maria Ivanovna sewed it up herself, "'and when I had a new coat made here, "'I took it out of the old one and sewed it up in the new coat. "'Here it is. Feel it. I'm not lying.' "'Give it me. Take it out!' Tatiana Pavlovna stormed. "'Not on any account, I tell you again.' i will lay it before her in your presence and will go away without waiting for a single word but she must know and see with her eyes that it is my doing that i'm giving it up to her of my own accord without compulsion and without recompense showing off again you're in love puppy eh you may say horrid things to me as much as you like i've deserved them but i'm not offended oh i may seem to her a paltry boy who has been keeping watch on her and plotting against her but let her recognize that i have conquered myself and put her happiness above everything on earth never mind tatiana pavlovna never mind i keep crying to myself courage and hope what if this is my first step in life anyway it is ending well it is ending honorably and what if i do love her i went on fervently with flashing eyes i am not ashamed of it mother is a heavenly angel but she is an earthly queen versilov will go back to mother and i've no cause to be ashamed to face her you know i once heard what versilov and she were saying i stood behind the curtain oh we are all three possessed by the same madness oh do you know whose phrase that is possessed by the same madness they are his words andrei Petrovitch's. but do you know perhaps there are more than three of us possessed by the same madness yes i don't mind betting you're a fourth possessed by the same madness shall i say it i will bet that you've been in love with andrei Petrovitch all your life and perhaps you are so still i repeat i was carried away by excitement and a sort of happiness but i could not finish she suddenly with superhuman quickness seized me by the hair and twice shook me backwards and forwards with all her might then she suddenly abandoned me and retreated into the corner and hid her face in her handkerchief you young puppy never dare say that to me again she brought out crying all this was so unexpected that i was naturally thunderstruck I stood gazing at her, not knowing what to do. Fool, you stupid! Come here and give me a kiss, though I am an old fool, she said suddenly, laughing and crying. And don't you dare, don't you ever dare to say that to me again. But I love you and have always loved you, you stupid. I kissed her. I may mention in parentheses that "'Tatiana Pavlovna and I were friends from that time forward. "'But, oh, what am I doing?' she said suddenly, slapping herself on the forehead. "'But what were you saying? The old prince is at your lodging. "'But is it true?' "'I assure you he is.' "'Oh, my goodness! Ah, it makes me sick!' "'She hurried to and fro about the room. "'And they are doing what they like with him there!' Ach, is there nothing will frighten the fools and ever since the morning oh oh anna Andreevna, oh oh the nun and she of course miletriza knows nothing about it what miletriza why your earthly queen your ideal ach but what's to be done now tatiana pavlovna i cried coming to myself we've been talking nonsense and have forgotten what matters i ran out to fetch katerina nikolaevna and they're all waiting for me there and i explained that i should give up the letter only on condition that she promised to be reconciled to anna andreyevna at once and even agree to the marriage quite right too tatiana pavlovna interposed and i've said the same thing to her a hundred times Why, he'll die before the wedding, he won't be married anyhow, and if he leaves money to Anna in his will, why, their names are in it as it is, and will remain there. Surely it's not only the money that Katerina Nikolaevna cares about. No, she has been afraid all along that the letter was in Anna's hands, and I was afraid of it too. We were keeping watch on her. The daughter did not want to give the old father a shock, and the German Boring certainly did feel anxious about the money. And after that, she can marry Boring. Why, what's one to do with a little fool? It's a true saying: a fool's a fool and will be a fool for ever. He gives her a certain calm, you see. Since I must marry someone, she said, "I'll marry him. He will suit me better than anyone." She says but we shall see afterwards how he suits her one may tear one's hair afterwards but then it's too late then why do you allow it you are fond of her aren't you why you told her to your face you were in love with her yes i am in love with her and i love her more than all the rest of you put together but she's a senseless little fool all the same well run and fetch her now and we will settle it all and take her to her father ourselves but we can't we can't you little stupid that's just it ach what are we to do ach it makes me sick she fell to rushing to and fro again though she snatched up her shawl Ech, if only you had come to me four hours earlier but now it's eight o'clock and she went off just now to the pelischevs to dinner and afterwards she was going with them to the opera good heavens can't we run to the opera then oh no we can't what will become of the old man now he may die in the night listen don't go there but go to your mother's for the night and early tomorrow. no i won't desert the old man whatever happens well don't desert him you are right there but do you know i'll run round to her and leave a note i write in our own words she'll understand that the document's here and that she must be here at ten o'clock tomorrow morning punctually don't worry yourself she'll come she'll obey me and then we'll put everything right and you run home and use all your little arts to please the old prince put him to bed and perhaps he'll hold out till the morning don't frighten anna either i'm fond of her too you are unjust to her because you can't understand she feels injured she has been injured from a child ah you've all been a burden on me oh don't forget tell her from me that i'll see to this business myself and with a good will and tell her not to worry and her pride shall not suffer you see of late we've done nothing but quarrel we've been spitting and scolding at one another come run along "'But stay, show me your pocket again. "'Is it true? Is it true? "'Oh, is it true? "'Give me that letter, if only for the night. "'What is it to you? "'Leave it. I won't eat it. "'You may let it slip out of your hands in the night, you know. "'You'll change your mind?' "'Not for anything!' I shouted. "'Here, feel it. Look at it. "'But I won't leave it for anything.' "'I see it's paper.' she said feeling it with her fingers oh very well go along and i'll go round to her maybe i'll look in at the theatre too that was a good idea of yours but run along run along tatiana pavlovna wait a minute how is mother she's alive and andrei petrovich she waved her hand he will come to himself i ran off feeling cheered and more hopeful although i had not been successful as i had reckoned to be but alas destiny had decided otherwise and there were other things in store for me there certainly is a fate in things from the stairs i heard a noise in my lodging and the door of the flat turned out to be open at the door stood a servant in livery whom i did not know Pyotr Ippolytovich and his wife were both in the passage, too, looking scared and expectant. The door into the prince's room was open, and I could hear within a voice of thunder, which I could recognize at once, the voice of Boring. I had hardly taken two steps forward when I saw the old prince trembling and in tears, led out into the passage by Boring and Baron R., the gentleman who had called on versilov about the duel the prince was sobbing loudly embracing and kissing boring boring was shouting at anna andreevna who had followed the old prince into the passage boring was threatening her and i believe stamped at her in fact the coarse german soldier came to the surface in spite of his aristocratic breeding It afterwards came out that he had somehow got hold of the notion that Anna Andreevna was guilty of something positively criminal, and certainly would have to answer for her conduct before a court of law. In his ignorance, he exaggerated it as the ignorant commonly do, and so considered he had the right to be unceremonious in the extreme. He had not yet got to the bottom of the business, he had been informed of it by an anonymous letter which i shall have to refer to later and he had rushed round in that state of fury in which even the most sharp-witted people of his nationality are sometimes prepared to fight like brigands anna Andreevna had met all this outburst with the utmost dignity but i missed that all i saw was that after bringing the old man into the passage Boring left him in the hands of baron r and rushing impetuously back to her shouted probably in reply to some remark of hers you're an intriguing adventuress you're after his money you've disgraced yourself in society and will answer for it in a court of law you're taking advantage of an unfortunate invalid and driving him to madness and you're shouting at me because I'm a woman and there's no one to defend me. Oh, yes, you are his betrothed. A fine betrothed, Burring chuckled with spiteful violence. Baron, baron, cher enfant, je nous aime. Wailed the prince, stretching out his hands towards Anna Andreevna. Go along, prince, go along there's been a plot against you and maybe your life was threatened shouted boring oui oui je comprends j'ai compris prince anna andreevna raised her voice you are insulting me and letting me be insulted get along with you boring shouted at her suddenly that i could not endure blackguard i yelled at him Anna Andreevna, I'm here to defend you. What happened then, I cannot describe exactly, and will not attempt to. The scene that followed was horrible and degrading. I seemed suddenly to lose my reason. I believe I dashed up and struck him, or at least gave him a violent push. He struck me with all his might on my head, so that I fell on the floor. When I came to i rushed after them downstairs i remember that my nose was bleeding at the entrance a carriage was waiting for them and while they were getting the prince in i ran up and in spite of the lackey who pushed me back i rushed at boring again at this point the police turned up i don't know how boring seized me by the collar and in a threatening voice ordered the police to take me into custody i shouted that he ought to come with me that we might make our affirmation together and that they dare not take me almost from my own lodging but as it had all happened in the street and not in the flat and as i shouted and fought like a drunken man and as booring was wearing his uniform the policeman took me but flying into a perfect frenzy i believe at that point i struck the policeman too Then I remember two of them suddenly appeared and carried me off. I faintly remember they took me to a room full of tobacco smoke, with all sorts of people standing and sitting about in it, waiting and writing. Here, too, I went on shouting and insisting on making a statement. But things had gone beyond that, and were complicated by violence and resisting the police. Besides, I looked absolutely disreputable someone shouted at me angrily meanwhile the policeman charging me with fighting was describing the colonel what's your name someone shouted to me dolgoruki i yelled prince dolgoruki beside myself i answered by a very coarse word of abuse and then then i remember they dragged me to a very dark little room set apart for drunkards Oh, no, i'm not complaining readers will have seen of late in the newspapers a complaint made by a gentleman who was kept all night under arrest tied up and in a room set apart for drunkards but i believe he was quite innocent while i had done something i threw myself on the common bed which i shared with two unconscious sleepers my head ached my temples throbbed and so did my heart i must have been unconscious and i believe i was delirious i only remember waking up in the middle of the night and sitting on the bed i remembered everything at once and understood it in all its bearings and with my elbow propped on my knees and my head in my hands i sank into profound meditation oh i am not going to describe my feelings and there is no time to do it but i will note one thing only perhaps i never spent moments more consolatory to my soul than those moments of reflection in the middle of the night on that prison bed this will perhaps strike the reader as strange and he may be inclined to set it down to brag and the desire to be original and yet it was just as i have said it was one of those minutes which come perhaps to every one but only come once in a lifetime at such moments men decide their fate define their point of view and say to themselves once and for all that's where the truth lies and that is the path to take to attain it yes those moments were the light of my soul insulted by haughty burring and expecting to be insulted next day by that aristocratic lady i knew that i could revenge myself on them but i decided not to revenge myself i decided in spite of every temptation that i would not produce the letter and publish it to the whole world the idea had been floating in my mind i repeated to myself that next day i would put that letter before her and if need be instead of gratitude would bear her ironical smile but in any case i would not say a word but would go away from her for ever there is no need to enlarge on this however what would happen next day here how i should be brought before the authorities and what they would do with me i almost forgot to think about i crossed myself with love in my heart lay down on the bed and fell into a sound childlike sleep i waked up late when it was daylight i found myself alone in the room i sat down to wait in silence and waited about an hour it must have been about nine o'clock when i was suddenly summoned i might go into greater detail but it is not worth while for all this is now irrelevant i need only record what matters i must note however that to my great astonishment i was treated with unexpected courtesy i was questioned i answered and I was at once allowed to depart. I went out in silence, and to my satisfaction saw in their faces some surprise at a man who was able to keep up his dignity even in such circumstances. If I had not noticed that, I should not have recorded it. Tatiana Pavlovna was waiting for me at the entrance. I will explain in a couple of words why I was let off so easily." Early in the morning by eight o'clock, perhaps Tatiana Pavlovna had flown round to my lodging, that is to Pyotr Ipolitovich's, expecting to find the old prince still there, and she heard at once of all the horrors of the previous day, above all that I had been arrested. She instantly rushed off to Katerina Nikolaevna, who, on returning from the theatre the evening before, had had an interview with the father who had been restored to her tatiana pavlovna waked her up alarmed her and insisted that i should be at once released with a note from her she flew at once to bouring's and demanded from him forthwith another note to the proper authorities with an urgent request from bouring himself that i should be released as i had been arrested through a misunderstanding with this note she presented herself to the prison and her request was respectfully granted. Now, I will go on with my story. Tatiana Pavlovna pounced on me, put me in a sledge, and took me home with her. She immediately ordered the samovar and washed and brushed me herself in the kitchen in the kitchen. She told me in a loud voice that at half-past eleven, Katerina Nikolaevna would come herself as they had agreed that morning to meet me. Maria overheard this a few minutes later she brought in the samovar and two minutes later when tatiana pavlovna called her she did not answer it appeared that she had gone out for something i beg the reader to make special note of this it was about a quarter to ten i believe though tatiana pavlovna was angry at her disappearance without asking leave she only thought she had gone out to the shop and immediately forgot about it and indeed we had no thoughts to spare for it we talked away without ceasing for we had plenty to talk about so that i at least scarcely noticed maria's disappearance i beg the reader to make a note of that as for me i was in a sort of delirium i poured out my feelings and above all we were expecting katerina nikolaevna and the thought that in an hour i should meet her at last and at such a turning-point in my life made me tremble and quiver at last when i had drunk two cups of tea Tatiana pavlovna suddenly stood up took a pair of scissors from the table and said let me have your pocket i must take out the letter we can't unpick it when she's here yes i exclaimed and unbuttoned my coat what a muddle it's in who sewed it up i did i did Tatiana pavlovna well i can see you did come here it is we took it out the old envelope was the same but inside was a blank sheet of paper what's this cried tatiana pavlovna turning it round and round what's the matter with you but i was standing pale and speechless and i suddenly sank helplessly into a chair i really almost fainted what does it mean wailed tatiana pavlovna where is your letter lambert i jumped up suddenly slapping myself on the forehead as i guessed with breathless haste i explained to her the night at lambert's and our plot i had however confessed that to her the night before they've stolen it they've stolen it i cried stamping on the floor and clutching at my hair that's terrible cried tatiana pavlovna grasping what had happened what time is it it was about eleven there's no maria 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 what is it mistress maria responded from the kitchen are you here what are we to do now i will fly to her ah slow coach slow coach and i to lambert i yelled and i will strangle him if need be mistress maria piped suddenly from the kitchen here's a person asking for you very particularly but before she had time to finish the person burst in from the kitchen making a great outcry and lamentation it was Alphonsine i will not describe the scene in detail the scene was a fraud and a deception but i must say alphonsine acted it splendidly with tears of repentance and with violent gesticulations she babbled in french of course that she had unpicked the letter herself that it was now in lambert's hands and that lambert together with that brigand meant to entice madame la générale to shoot her immediately within an hour that she knew all this from them and that she had suddenly taken fright because she saw they had a pistol le pistolet and now she had rushed off to us that we might go might save might warn that cet homme noir in fact it all sounded very probable the very stupidity of some of Alphonsine's expressions only increased its apparent truthfulness. What homme noir? cried Tatiana Pavlovna. Tiens, j'ai oublié son nom. Un nom affreux. Tiens, Versilov. Versilov? She cannot be, I cried. Oh, yes, it can, wailed Tatiana Pavlovna. Come tell us my good woman without dancing about don't wave your arms about what do they want explain my good woman i don't believe they mean to shoot her my good woman did explain as follows n b it was all a lie i must remind the reader again versilov was to sit at the door and when she went in lambert was to show her cette lettre then versilov was to rush in and they would oh ils feront le vengeance that she alphonsine was afraid there would be trouble because she had had a share in the business herself Cette dame la generale would certainly come at once at once because they had sent her a copy of the letter and she would see at once that they really had the letter and would go to interview them but only lambert had written the letter so she knew nothing about Versiloff. And Lambert had introduced himself as a stranger who had come from a lady in Moscow, une dame de Moscou. N.B. Marie Ivanovna. Ah, I feel sick! Ah, I feel sick! Exclaimed Tatiana Pavlovna. Sovela, Sovela! cried Alphonsine. Oh, of course, there was something inconsistent, even at first sight in this mad story but there was no time to think it over for in essentials it sounded very probable of course one might still suppose and with the greatest likelihood that katerina nikolaevna on receiving lambert's summons would come first to tatiana pavlovna's to discuss the matter with us and on the other hand this might not happen and she might go straight to him and then she was lost It was difficult to believe that she would rush off to a stranger like Lambert at the first summons. Yet again, this might somehow happen. After seeing the copy and satisfying herself that they really had her letter, and then there would be disaster anyway. Above all, we had no time even to reflect. Versiloff will murder her. If he has stooped to make use of Lambert, he'll murder her it's the second self i cried ah that second self cried tatiana pavlovna wringing her hands well this is no use she said decidedly take your cap and coat and quick march together lead us straight to them my good woman Ah, it's a long way maria maria if katerina nikolievna comes tell her i shall be back directly and make her sit and wait for me and if she does not want to wait lock the door and keep her by force tell her i told her to a hundred roubles for you maria if you deserve it we ran downstairs no doubt nothing better could have been suggested for in any case the chief scene of danger was in lambert's lodging and if katerina nikolaevna did really come first to tatiana pavlovna's lodgings maria could always detain her yet after she had called a sledge tatiana pavlovna changed her mind you go with her she bade me leaving me with alfonsine and if need be die there do you understand i'll follow you directly but first i'll whisk round to her maybe i shall find her for say what you like i feel suspicious and she flew off to katerina Nikolaevna. alphonsine and i went our way towards lambert's i urged on the driver and continued to question alphonsine but she confined herself to exclamations and finally took refuge in tears but god saved and preserved us all when everything was hanging on a thread we had not driven a quarter of the way "'when I suddenly heard a shout behind me. "'Someone was calling me by my name. "'I looked round. Trishatov was driving after us in another sledge. "'Where are you going?' he shouted in alarm. "'And with her, with Alfonsine.' Trishatov, I cried, "'you told the truth, there is trouble. "'I am going to that scoundrel Lambert's. "'Let's go together, the more the better. "'Turn back!' turn back at once shouted trishatov lambert's deceiving you and Alfonsine's deceiving you the pockmarked fellow sent me they are not at home i met versilov and lambert just now they were driving to tatiana pavlovna's they are there now i stopped the driver and jumped out to join trishatov to this day i don't know how i could make up my mind so quickly but I believed him at once and made up my mind. Alphonsine raised a terrible outcry, but we did not trouble ourselves about her, and I don't know whether she followed us or went home. Anyway, I did not see her again. In the sledge, Trishatov told me breathlessly that there was some sort of plot on foot, that Lambert had been plotting with the pockmarked man but that the latter had betrayed him at the last moment and had sent trishatov to tatiana pavlovna's to warn her not to believe lambert and alphonsine trishatov added that he knew nothing more and that the pockmarked gentleman had told him nothing more for he had been in a hurry himself and it had all been settled in haste i saw you driving trishatov went on and drove after you it was clear of course that this pockmarked individual also knew the whole story since he had sent trishatov straight to Tatiana pavlovna's but that was another mystery but to avoid a muddle i will before describing the catastrophe explain the actual fact and for the last time anticipate the order of events after stealing the letter Lambert at once got into communication with Versilov. How Versilov could have brought himself to join Lambert, I won't discuss for the time. That will come later. What was chiefly responsible was the second self. After joining Versilov, Lambert still had to entice Katerina Nikolaevna as cunningly as he could. Versilov assured him at once that she would not come, but ever since the day before yesterday when I met him in the street in the evening, broke off all relations with him and told him that I should give back the letter at Tatiana Pavlovna's lodgings and in her presence, Lambert had arranged to keep a watch on Tatiana Pavlovna's lodgings. Maria was bought over as a spy. Maria was given 20 rubles and after the theft of the letter, Lambert visited Maria a second time, settling with her finally and promising to pay her two hundred roubles for her services that was why maria had rushed from the flat and galloped off in a sledge to lambert's with the news as soon as she heard that katerina nikolievna was to be at tatiana pavlovna's at half past eleven and that i too should be present this was just the information she was to bring lambert that was precisely the duty assigned her versilov happened to be with lambert at that very moment in one moment versilov had devised the diabolical plan they say that madmen are at times extraordinarily cunning the plot was to lure both of us Tatiana and me out of the flat at all costs if only for a quarter of an hour but before katerina nikolaevna arrived then they meant to wait in the street and as soon as tatiana pavlovna and i had come out to run into the flat which maria was to open to them and there to await katerina Nikolaevna. Alphonsine, meantime was to do her utmost to detain us where and how she pleased katerina Nikolaevna would be sure to come as she promised at half-past eleven so that she would certainly be there long before we could be back of course katerina nikolaevna had received no summons from lambert alfonsine had told us a lie and Versilov had invented the story in all its details and alfonsine had simply played the part of the frightened traitor of course it was a risk but they probably reasoned that if it answered all would be well if it failed nothing would have been lost for the document would still be in their possession but it did answer and could not possibly have failed to do so for we could not but follow alphonsine on the barest supposition that what she said might be true i repeat again there was no time to reflect we ran with trishatov into the kitchen and found maria in a fright she was horrified to notice that when she let versilov and lambert in that the latter had a revolver in his hand though she had taken money the revolver had not entered into her calculations she was bewildered and rushed at me as soon as she saw me the lady has come and they've got a pistol trishatov stay here in the kitchen i said and as soon as i shout run as quickly as you can to help me maria opened the door in the passage and i slipped into tatiana pavlovna's bedroom into the tiny cupboard of a room in which there was only space for Tatiana Pavlovna's bed, and in which once I had already accidentally played the eavesdropper. I sat down on the bed, and at once found a peephole for myself in the curtain. There was already a noise in the room, and they were talking loudly. I may mention that Katerina Nikolaevna arrived at the flat just a minute after them. I heard the noise and talk from the kitchen. Lambert was shouting she was sitting on the sofa and he was standing before her shouting like a fool now i know why he lost his head so stupidly he was in a hurry and afraid they would be discovered i will explain later who it was he feared the letter was in his hand but versilov was not in the room i was ready to rush in at the first sign of danger i record only the gist of the conversation Perhaps a good deal I don't remember correctly, but I was too much excited to remember with perfect accuracy. This letter is worth 30,000 roubles, and you are surprised. It's worth a 100,000, and I only ask 30, Lambert said in a loud voice, terribly excited. Though Katerina Nikolaevna was evidently frightened, she looked at him with a sort of contemptuous wonder. I see that a trap has been laid for me, and I don't understand it, she said. But if only that letter is really in your hands. But here it is, see for yourself. Isn't that it? An IOU for thirty thousand and not a farthing less, Lambert interrupted her. I've no money. Write an IOU. Here's paper. Then go and get the money, and I will wait a week, no more. Give me the money and then i will give you back the i o u and give you the letter you take such a strange tone you are making a mistake that letter will be taken from you if i go to-day and lodge a complaint to whom ha 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 what of the scandal we shall show the letter to the prince where are they going to find it i don't keep the document at my lodging i shall show it to your father through a third person don't be obstinate madam be thankful that i'm not asking much any other man would ask for something else besides you know what which many a pretty woman would not refuse in such trying circumstances that's what i mean (laughs) ha 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 vous êtes belle vous katerina nikolaevna rose impetuously turned crimson and spat in his face then she turned quickly towards the door it was at this point that the fool lambert pulled out the revolver like an unimaginative fool he had put blind faith in the effect of the document his chief error lay in not distinguishing what sort of woman he had to deal with because as i have said already he thought every was as mean in their feelings as he was he angered her from the first word by his rudeness though perhaps otherwise she might not have declined to consider the question of payment don't stir he yelled furious at her spitting at him clutching her by the shoulder and showing her the revolver simply of course to frighten her she uttered a shriek and sank on the sofa i burst into the room but at the same instant Versiloff ran in at the other door. He had been standing outside the door waiting. In a flash, he had snatched the revolver from Lambert and with all his might hit him on the head with it. Lambert staggered and fell senseless. The blood streamed from his head upon the carpet. She saw Versiloff, turned suddenly as white as a sheet, gazed at him for some moments immovable with indescribable horror and fell into a swoon he rushed to her it all flashes before my eyes as i write i remember with what terror i saw his flushed almost purple face and his bloodshot eyes i believe that though he saw me in the room he did not recognize me he caught her as she fell unconscious and with amazing ease lifted her up in his arms as though she were a feather and began aimlessly carrying her about the room like a baby it was a tiny room but he paced to and fro from corner to corner evidently with no idea why he was doing so in one instant he had lost his reason he kept gazing at her at her face i ran after him What I was most afraid of was the revolver, which he seemed to have forgotten in his right hand and was holding close to her head. But he pushed me away, once with his elbow and the second time with his foot. I wanted to shout to Trishatov, but I was afraid of irritating the madman. At last, I drew back the curtain and began entreating him to put her on the bed. He went up and laid her down on it, "'stood over her and gazed at her face "'and, suddenly bending down, kissed her twice on her pale lips. "'Oh, I realized at last that this was a man utterly beside himself. "'He suddenly waved the revolver over her, "'but, as though realizing, turned the revolver and aimed it at her face.' I instantly seized his arm and shouted to trishatov i remember we both struggled with him but he succeeded in pulling away his arm and firing at himself he would have shot her and then himself but since we would not let him get at her he pressed the revolver against his heart i succeeded however in pushing his arm upwards and the bullet struck him in the shoulder at that instant tatiana pavlovna burst into the room shrieking but he was already lying senseless on the carpet beside lambert end of part three chapter twelve recording by linda johnson